Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here with Kevin Porter and Demi Adijuibe of the Gilmore Guys podcast. And I wish I had videoed you guys just feeling uh. my theme song. <laughs> we might have to do it again at the end and I might have to video it. Oh, we'll do it. it. Yeah. yeah let's we'll do it. recreate it. There were sunglasses. Mm-hmm. There was singing into the water bottle as if it were a mic. There was just all Even sorts of Even though there's a shimming. mic right in front of me. I, did I know. <laughs> no, it's good though because that mic, like my my brain would have just sort of erased mm, that mic. True, whereas true. the water bottle was much more like singing into a hairbrush. Right. I should've, was looking for a hairbrush, but I couldn't find one. You should have taken a drink from the microphone. Oh, totally switched it oh, up. Yeah. That's good. That would have been trippy. See, you have a mind like a sitcom writer. <laughs> I have a mind like someone who confuses two objects. <laughs> I have the mind of a child who doesn't understand object permanence. That as well. So it's very exciting to have you guys here. I was just on your... Well, I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air, but still, I think it's appropriate to say I was just on your show. Mm-hmm. Even though we recorded it like a month ago, yeah. which is so funny. But right. we were so backed up on episodes. That it's yeah. It took like three weeks for your episode to come out. Well, I had a blast with you. A ton of fun. So good. Yeah. But my husband is so happy that uh, it's now done and recorded, and I don't have to watch Gilmore Girls anymore. (laughs) Are you done now? I I am secretly going to return to it, but he's done. He's done. (laughs) You're going to continue. Okay. Yeah. What season are you guys on now? We're just finishing four Mm -hmm. as of this week. Now. Kevin, you have been a longtime fan of Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls. That's true. Demi, you're a first-time viewer. Yeah. How are you feeling about it at this point? I love it. Uh, I So when we started in the first season of the show, I was really like, I'm liking it, but I'm not so sure how much I'm – like if this feeling's going to keep going. It was a real drop. gamble. I won't it lie. It really was. <laughs> uh, we recorded our first episode and released it. Like that was the first thing we ever recorded. And I think I said on record, like, it's oh, it's not bad, which is code for this could get worse. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I'm glad I stuck with it because it's been really good and I really love the show right now. Have there been – Ben, and by the way, this is not the direction I plan to go here, but I'm going to stick with it for a second. Have there been moments you've had to push through? For sure. Uh, There have been episodes. I mean, actually, I wouldn't say push through because I think I hit a stride at some point where I was just like, I wish I could keep watching more because the way we do it, I can only watch like two episodes a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you don't get ahead of where the recording is? Right. Um, I never hit a point where I was like, oh, God, this episode's so bad. Although I do remember there was one episode I started watching, and it was a double date episode. Was that 112? That was the one that you didn't show up for. Yeah, the one I didn't even, I couldn't even go. (laughs) I got sick that same day. And so I watched that episode, and then the very next day, almost as if the universe was giving me a sign, I couldn't record. But uh, that episode, I remember. (laughs) Yes, we were so fortunate to not have you. Uh. I remember that episode in particular. I was just like, oh boy, uh, this is going to be a hard one to get through. But it was like the f- one of the first 12, so I, it couldn't have been that bad. Wait, mm. was that one Sookie and Jackson? Sookie and, and Jackson, Rune and Lorelai. In oh, yes, one. Rune. Mm-hmm. He was super annoying. He was yeah. everybody's favorite. Really? <laughs> no. Nope. No, 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 no one. He was favorite. nobody's favorite. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So 
Your podcast is getting so much attention. You guys were just written up in the New York Times. That's, That's crazy. True. I mean, it's awesome. Well, what's funny about that is like it's the New York Times magazine. But that's... So it wasn't technically in the print edition. But still, because it's on the web and stuff, it all just becomes the same. You know what I mean? But like the New York it... Times magazine is still a big deal. If yeah, were, no, it was awesome. Yeah. No, we're super. That was Haley Melotech who wrote that for us. And she was lovely. The magazine is almost a bigger deal. It's the Sunday magazine, right? I'll take it. I was it some, really? Uh, was it? I don't know. I, I mean, we'll say yes. What other magazine is there? I don't know. Let's I, just, let's, for the sake of argument, let's say it was in Let's that. just say yeah. New York Times, like we've been doing on social media. If, <laughs> if it was the Sunday magazine, then that's a bigger deal than mm-hmm. just being in the daily paper because people subscribe just on Sunday. Now, if it, it was like some Tuesday insert, never sure. mind. Some of that bullshit. Well, it was funny too, seeing the Twitter because uh, with the article it tweeted, it tweeted a poll quote mm-hmm. from me. And then like two tweets up was like uh, something about like foreign policy and the poll quote was from Obama. <laughs> so oh. it was like those, there was like three tweets like that. And it was just so weird to see that tweeted out to everybody. But yeah, that was super cool. That was in conjunction with our shows in New, in York. New York City. We did two at the Bell House in Brooklyn and then one at the UCB in Chelsea. And in these all City. sold out? They all sold out. And we had a blast. It was super fun. It what, was really, really cool. What are your fans like? Uh, well, you know, our guest DC Pearson kind of dubbed them like a sweet group of RAs. Like, ev- like, <laughs> like everyone's like, advisors? hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, we're having fun. But if you could just keep it down a little bit, like still want to be cool about it. Like, <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of sweet, sincere super smart people and surprisingly enough a lot of guys a lot of guys showed up to the shows in new york city and we were like yeah it was really cool to talk to those guys too do you because you think of your audience as primarily female right i'm because it i mean 100 is predominantly female but i'm always really encouraged and i think it's really fun when we hear from the guys as well because there's like a kindred spiritness to it you know right fellow Gilmore guys. So that's always fun. So where did the idea for the podcast come from? The idea came from, I wanted to do a podcast for years. And I remember like trying different ideas and like recording little pilots in my bedroom with people. I recorded one uh, with the brilliant Tammy Sager. Are you familiar with her? No, but I want to be. She was a writer on 30 Rock, How I Met Your Mother. She's writing for Broad City and she's amazing. She's an amazing improviser out in New York. And I recorded one with her and I felt so mad. She was so sweet and she was great. But I felt so mad about me during mm-hmm. it. I still haven't listened to it to this day. And that was three years ago. Maybe it wasn't as bad as you think. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we could put it out as a lost episode of yeah. our show. <laughs> That's nothing to do with Gilmore Girls. But then what was so funny is at our show at UCB Chelsea, she was on the seven o'clock show and we were on the eight o'clock. So I saw her in the green room and she was like, hey, <laughs> you know, like after all this time, right. getting to see her. And and she said, remember like four years ago when I asked you if you wanted to perform and you said no? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I do remember that <laughs> because I'd known her because of the shows and because of LA and stuff. And uh, yeah, that was a really cool kind of weird like symmetry moment. But the idea just generally came from, I wanted to start a podcast. I couldn't think of a good premise. I was like interesting enough and unique enough. And then I saw that Gilmore was coming on Netflix and I thought, okay, well, this will be great. This will be like, 
you know, I think it's unique that I'm into Gilmore Girls because I'm a guy. So maybe that's like an interesting premise. So I tweeted out kind of as a joke, kind of not like I want to start a podcast called Gilmore Guys where we go through every episode. <laughs> Who wants to do it with me? And so I posted on Twitter and Facebook and then Demi and I were friends and um, not anymore. We were friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything's changed. Yeah. Not now. Then we but, started the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, I, I think he responded on Facebook and then we met later that week and then we recorded our first episode the week after. Wow. And, and when was this? That was, that was at the end of September because it came out August or not August, October, October 1st. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Demi, what was your experience of all this? I mean, my experience was uh, very passive. I was surfing Facebook and he said something about Gilmore guys and Gilmore girls coming to Netflix. And I was like, that sounds good. It could be fun. And I'd never seen the show. So I said yes as a joke. But then he reached out and said, would you actually be interested? And I was Wait, like, you oh. said yes as a joke? Yeah, I said yes. <laughs> I thought you were making a joke. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> and here I am. I really, I really commit to a bit. Um, <laughs> no, but he said... He was like, hey, would you really be interested in doing that? And then I was like, yeah, actually, that'd probably be fun. I'd do a podcast. And then I was like, by the way, I've never seen the show, but still. And mm -hmm. he was like, that's great. And so we recorded it and it turned be out okay. Because the premise is like, if Demi didn't like it, our show wouldn't work. And we didn't know if he was going to like it or not. So it was really taking a gamble, taking a risk. And thankfully, he did eventually warm up to i mean he was always like enthusiastic and, and invested in the show and the experience of watching it for the first time but the fact that he's not in a place where he really really enjoys it makes it so the show works because right. <laughs> if he was still like this sucks i hate it then we wouldn't have a show and i have to ask because your fresh faceness is just blinding how old are you guys i'm 22 and i'm 25 oh, so, so you're the elder statesman here oh definitely <laughs> yes i'm old guard <laughs> um I think that the reason that I wanted to ask, in addition to how youthful you guys look, is you said that you had always wanted to do a podcast, which is making me realize that in some way, did you kind of grow up with podcasts? I didn't grow up with them. Well, actually, you know what? I did. Because I, I my first memory of listening to podcasts was back when, I think this was like 2004 or five when podcasts were essentially just radio shows they made available on iTunes. Right. Like, they weren't like podcast podcast like this where it's like we're making a podcast it was like here's a radio show and we're gonna make it on mm -hmm. itunes like so i listened to this american life this american life i'm already last uh <laughs> listen to film spotting uh this great uh film review podcast out of chicago um and so that was kind of my entryway into it and i remember listening to those and then the Star galactica podcast because i was super into that show and ron moore would do a like essentially a commentary podcast for each episode of that show but then i started getting into into comedy podcasts when i came out here and i think the first episode of any comedy podcast i listened to was dan Harmon's wtf because i was into community and and but WTF, that was pretty much my gateway mm -hmm. into the comedy podcasting world. And then from there, I listened to like other ones like Comedy Bang Bang and Nerdist and all the big guys. And then I really started identifying with that form of entertainment and that medium as being particularly great just because of the, the intimacy of it, the freedom of it, the fact that the podcasters can make exactly the show that they want to hear. I just thought that was so cool. And the way people responded to it was really cool too. Right. And when you did this <clears throat> excuse me, pilot with Tammy Sagar, what what was the format? The format was basically like, I want to talk to people who are cooler than me. And like, it was basically like the career walkthrough thing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have, because obviously I was a nobody. I still am a nobody. But like, it, it there was just no premise well, no, you to aren't. it. Sorry. But you know what You're I mean? Super delayed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're but, a celebrity. But I couldn't figure out like, why is this different than 
you know, what Marin does or Pete Holmes does. I, I still couldn't get my head around it. So it's just basically me talking to someone for an hour mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why I was excited about it. And because I couldn't figure that out, I couldn't pursue it. Anymore. So it's like you need a strong format or a strong premise. I did just because like, I just needed to, I didn't know the podcast I wanted to listen to. I knew the podcast I liked listening to, but the one I could make that I would want to listen to. Right. I couldn't figure out why it was special or unique. So that's why it took a while to, to settle on this format or not settle, but just choose it, I guess. And in terms of Gilmore guys, um, in each episode, you talk about an, an episode of uh, Gilmore Girls, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have guests, but you don't always, and you have had guests from the show as what episode are you on now? We're going to record of, of our show. We're going to record episode 422 live uh, this coming Monday at UCB. Nice. And uh, that'll be really fun because it's a big episode. And that'll be the 101st episode of our podcast. So in Whoa. these yeah. 101. We're really our 100th together because you missed that that 112. We should, oh, when the universe intervened. Yeah. We got to blow it out. <laughs> I know. We got to do something for yeah. it. Um, in these 101 hundred episodes ha- has the format changed like has it gotten because i know in, in this show and i don't i'm on i've done hundreds of these at this point but it was different at the very beginning and it you know as it went on what was yours of, like at the beginning and how um, did it change i was trying to do more segments i mm-hmm. think i do there's a segment that we'll do called just me or everyone that i do in every episode now but i think i was trying to cram more in although i didn't do just me or everyone in every show i also think um, I've been an interviewer for years and I always, I, I would interview people for print pieces cause I was a, a journalist for years. And in those kind of interviews, it's less about the flow of conversation than just like, here's the information I want to get. get the bites. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know that I would come into an interview either with having done very little preparation or I would have like a ton of questions written out and then I'd just be kind of looking at that and asking questions and like it didn't not listening and not reacting in the moment. It didn't feel organic. Yes. So I just know that it felt like there's a ton of puzzle pieces I'm trying to like drop into place at the beginning whereas now it, it doesn't have that I don't feel like I'm juggling a bunch of balls really. I just right. feel, it just yeah, it feels, feels easy. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. What about you guys? Well I think at the beginning the very first thing we ever made together was the first episode of our show, which right. we put out <laughs> for better or worse. I mean, if I could do it again, maybe we do two of them and then put out the third. <laughs> right. But I guess you couldn't really because it was first reactions. I don't know. But the way the show evolved is like as the show grew and we made the decision to do two episodes a week so it could grow quicker than it would doing one episode a week. So instead of like finishing season two now, we're finishing season four. Um, for better or worse. But then we were able to grow the podcast quicker with that. So instead of doing one a week, two a week, so we get twice as good each time. Uh, and so, so instead of being 50 episodes better, we're 100 episodes better now. And I guess as far as how it grew, we were able to, as the stature of the show grew, we were able to have the capital and really the confidence to be able to book the guests that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So like if I, you know, when we first started out the show, I'd probably... I'm not going to reach out to 
Jason Manzoukas or someone else like a list, a plus list for, for like podcast and comedy stuff. Cause I wouldn't have the confidence to do it. Cause it's like, I'm still figuring out the show. I'm still figuring out my role. So by the time we get to season two or season three, then we can kind of reach out to more of those people. Like the first person See, like, we had, I kick myself that I had, I had Fred Armisen on really early and that's the one that stands out in my mind is oh, like, yeah? fuck, excuse my language. <laughs> I wish I could. I don't even know why I said, excuse my language. Something about you guys made me say that. Cause we're children. Um, wow. That's right. <laughs> Little babies. That's right. um, I don't even know what that word means. I did whip out a fan and start fanning myself for the listener <laughs> at home. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I had him on really early and that's the one episode where I'm like, I wish I could go back and do that one better. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. So at the beginning, you didn't have the confidence to reach out to the A-listers. I feel not. Like the first guest we ever had was a friend of Demi's. Right. Uh, who who watched all the show up to that point because it was only four episodes, mm-hmm. so it wasn't that much. And then we just started reaching out to people we kind of had some relationships with, and then snowballed. That, yeah, it snowballed, and then we and then we could like make the scope of the show broader and broader as it went on. And then people, what was really lovely is when people like started pitching themselves as guests, like Stacey Orstano from Bunheads and from Friday Night Lights. She's like, "Oh, I want to come on the show." Or the casting directors of Gilmore Girls said, right. "Oh, we'd love to do an episode." And so that made it like way easier. So that's one way the show changed. And then just two, I think we just got easier and more confident on Mike just as the show went on. I'm trying to think if there was any segments in the beginning we started and then dropped over time. I can't think of any. I can't think of any we dropped. I know that all the segments that we sort of uh, made our trademarks came as, aside from Pop Goes the Culture, came as a thing that we were just recurrently doing, like the Accidents, fashion. yeah. And uh, Pop, or the Netflix synopsis came because we kept reading them and being like, these are really weird. Let's keep <laughs> reading them and see if they get weird or if they start to make some sort of sense. Um, but it was pretty organic and like an organic mess for the most of it for the first part, just because we didn't know what we were doing. But... It grew, and luckily, luckily, I think we have a sort of chemistry that uh, found its way into making segments that we could form into recurring things and like not just be like, uh, I don't know what to talk about now. Right, and there's something, too, about... Because people get invested in like all the different sorts of journeys, like the journey of the characters on the TV show, Gilmore Girls, Demi's journey, watching it for the first time, but then also just our journey making a podcast for the first time. So in a way, I was even hearing from someone about this the other day. There's kind of a way to enjoy the transparency of like, uh, we don't know. Let's try this. <laughs> and then people get invested in that. I want you to do well yeah. as it goes on and on. So I think people did get invested in that. Like, oh, they're trying this. Let's try this. And you know, you guys do have, and I, I think when I did your show, I told you this, you guys have amazing chemistry. Like I, when like Walter I- Walter White. <laughs> when I, exactly when I listen, um, I think whether or not I would I'm interested in Gilmore Girls the show, I would be interested to hear you guys talk about it. Like that's what jumped out at me when I first listened was like, oh, I feel like they could talk about anything, and I would want to hear them. They just you guys just have a real effortless way about you. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you so well, much. You're welcome. Aww. Who are like who's like the biggest get that? I mean, sorry, not that, that we've that you've had, had thus far. No, that you want. Who's your white whale? Paul McCartney. Um, <laughs> I've reached out and he said I don't know who you are no. I'm team Jess um, <laughs> we've talked about our biggest gets before and I always forget I feel like we've made lists and- we've made lists countless times because there's like two different really there's two different genres because it's a Gilmore Girls podcast but it's also a comedy podcast mm-hmm. so there's people from the comedy world we'd love to have it's funny. I just assumed it was going to be Lauren Graham and Alexis Wood. Well, I mean, it really is. From the show, definitely, I think number one above anybody would be Amy Sherman Palladino. 
Oh, you haven't the had creator her yet. of the show. She wears top hats. She yeah, wears she those silly hats, which is great for an like audio show. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll all wear top hats when we do that episode. But um, I think she she would be the number one get just because she is such a dynamic interview in general and everything I've seen and in in interviews where the interviewer is not so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is like really good about like just hitting it out of the park and then just going on for 20 minutes about whatever it is. And, and I even thought before we started the podcast, like I would like to hear like years ago, I thought I would like to hear a podcast hosted by Amy Sherman Palladino, just cause I think she'd be fun and interesting. And she's definitely very reflective of the characters that she writes. She's very much a reflection of that. Like Does she have life. the same cadence when she <clears throat> talks that the characters do? Not quite. It's a little more Borscht Belt and Jewish, <laughs> I would say. Like, it's a little more like zingers and uh, definitely more profanity. Like laden. Babette? Yeah, kind of like Babette. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's like Babette. Like Babette means Lorelai. But yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of f bombs and a lot of uh, politically incorrect statements bordering on uh, homophobia. <laughs> Sometimes. Great. Yeah. So we'd love to have her on. Uh, uh yeah so that's number one i was gonna say that actually did remind me we had a recurring joke in the first season that we had we did end up dropping because it just got to the point where everyone's like okay enough with this which <laughs> yeah. is when uh we kept saying that alexis bladell had canceled on us <laughs> oh that's right yeah we stopped doing that in like mid-season two yeah but uh it eventually got to the point where we we're like okay who else canceled on us tom hanks and then people were just like just drop it all together so we're just like shut you got up. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know when i listen back to those first few episodes i'm like mm, i wish i could do this again which it might be i mean we haven't talked about it but i think it might be a good idea to like if we could do like uh, the way the wb branded the reruns on on the on the network when they showed them was gilmore beginnings so that's how they would do the promos for the gilmore beginnings so it might be fun to do that for our podcast like revisit season one after doing all seven seasons or like revisit the classic episodes with guests we haven't had on before something like that have you reached out to lauren graham and alexis yeah we have um we reached out to lauren graham lauren graham yeah i mean that's in the works that's what's tough here's what i found about that is what's tough is most of the time people are like totally down and totally easy but sometimes they surround themselves with people who are not mm. you know like managers agents, yes, blah, blah, blah. all the gatekeepers yeah all the gatekeepers who aren't who don't care about helping you right so they'd be like oh yeah just reach out to this person and then you don't hear back mm-hmm. for a while so you know that's in the works and you know so you haven't a few just tweeted her no nah, it seemed a little though, right yeah, oh of course yeah. yeah everyone's like lauren come on the show we love you blah 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 um but yeah that would might be a little too crass you don't want to put someone on blast in a public setting too i don't know if you've ever had experience with that like hey come on the show and then there's like a weird reaction or some sort of weird thing on the internet where it's like oh maybe we should just stick to email or direct messages no my do you know who jenny lewis is yes yes i love her too Mm -hmm. uh and she seems gettable for my podcast like i feel like i should be able to get her so i did tweet her and ask if she wanted to come on the podcast Because I had sent an email through her website or something and, and nothing happened. And then some of my fans also tweeted at her and I was like, oh, here it comes. You know, she'll be on mm-hmm. next week or something. I heard zero. And then I just felt kind of embarrassed that I had done that. And I wished that I hadn't because zilch came of it in a public <laughs> way. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I've ever. I know what you mean about has it being hesitant to do it to make right. the first foray public. And you know what's so funny, too, is like her Twitter account might be run by some assistant and then the email went to a manager and she may have heard zero about it herself. So it's not like a rejection to you. Right. Just like the way we've gotten very few no's, but the ones we've gotten like 
or that we've heard silence from, usually it's not person to person. Usually it's just like there's a breakdown in the chain. Right. You know, but all the same, especially when it's public, it's easier to feel more embarrassment about her. Like, so, oh, I tried and failed. Now, I know that Kelly Bishop, who plays the grandmother, that's your, mm-hmm. Kevin, your favorite character, right? Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. Demi, what's your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character is Liza Wiles' character of Paris. Oh, I guess I enjoy her as well. She's fun. She's a weird accent. What is that accent? Is it an accent? Or a speech American? impediment? I, it's, it's a specific way of talking I've never really heard before. Right. It's maybe slightly it's a, nasally and kind of clipped. It's like a light Long Island. <laughs> right. It's like a light Long Island. I'm, I'm trying to even it, We've talked about it. how it's unimitable. Like, it's really just a, the most unique voice. Yeah, I've never heard one like it, really. Have you reached out to her? Mm-hmm. We have. Yeah. And? And stay tuned. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. That's exciting. Well, I mean, now you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. or you could be bluffing. Yeah, I could. That's true. Ooh, the double bluff. That's yeah, I, I love playing with listeners' emotions and just like a whole roller coaster. This person's going to be on. Well, actually, that's funny because when we did get the composer of the show, Sam Phillips, who's like an amazing singer-songwriter, we tweeted out like, oh, she's coming on the show. And then she did have to cancel because she got sick that week. And then people thought we were doing the bit again. Like, yeah. oh, great. Just like Alexis Bledel's coming on, huh? So that's what really made us stop doing doing that particular bit. Uh, but now, yeah, because we're getting all these people, like, you know, Liza is coming on and other cast members, too. What's, have where's, what's the Kelly Bishop status? Kelly Bishop we've had on. Oh, you have? Had well, a mini sewed with Technically, her. we had a mini. We did because we went to ATX, which is the television festival in Austin, Texas, last month and uh or two months ago by now maybe um but the way it worked there is you could schedule like an interview but then you were one of many Mm. so it was like huffington post then buzzfeed then vulture then gilmore guys and everyone got 15 minutes so obviously for our show the ideal format's like an hour plus just to like talk and hang out rather than like give me the sound bites give me the thing i need so but we had the opportunity and we didn't know when it was going to happen again. So Demi was actually still flying in at that time. So it was just me and her, which I was okay with the, <laughs> the one-on-one intimacy of that. But we did have her on the show for like 15 minutes, just talking really barely about Gilmore Girls, just talking about her life and her career and about women and acting and bathing suits at one point And yeah. Sounds like you crammed a lot in those 15 minutes. I really tried. I tried to keep my cool. And what's funny is after we were done, I was the last one scheduled to interview her. And then she didn't have anything else going on at the time. And so we just hung out for like two more hours, just like talking. And and it was all stuff that would be great for the podcast. But it was like, it was okay that it wasn't for the podcast. But it was just fun, like just having a conversation. And right. Hang out. That's cool. You know who I would like to get on my podcast from Gilmore Girls? And I keep almost saying Gilmore Guys. Um, mm-hmm. Grantley Phillips. Uh, Town Troubadour. Troubadour. Yes. Because yes. I've been a Grantley Buffalo fan for years. And I actually wondered if his career is having any sort of resurgence because of Gilmore Girls on Netflix. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I think we follow him on Twitter. I'm not sure. But have you reached out to him? No, yeah. I should. He's on my list of people I should reach out to. Yeah. Just don't do it publicly. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel Especially like I just now. did, actually. <laughs> well, here we go. Tweet at him. No. All right. Rosenheads. What are they called again? Rosenettes. Rose, Rosenettes? <laughs> yes. That, yeah. No. No. Hashtag Allison people is what they're going Hashtag with. Hashtag Allison people. people. Yeah. Okay. Is that a play on anything or is it just? No, it's just, oh, it's real on the nose. Okay. It's just the word Allison and Allison. the word people. No time exactly. to play. I love it. Go you guys direct. are Gillies. Yeah. Gillies. Gillies. Yeah. We've, which we started again 
as a joke, like, hey, they're called gillies. But then people would come up and say, oh, I've been, you know, like at shows, oh, I've been a gillie since I was 12. So now people have like really <laughs> latched onto it. And it is like compact. You know, it's kind of it's efficient. True. Like, I've been a Gilmore Girls fan. I'm a gillie. You know, like it's, yeah. it's smaller. So it's a little easier. Like if you're in a burning building and you need to establish what <laughs> Help, show you're I'm a gilly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Save me. I'm a gillie. <laughs> um, so what are your personal stories? Like where you're from? And uh, I don't I don't even fully know what I sort of know what your jobs are aside from being gillies, but I don't fully know. Well, being a gillie is a full time job. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and we're working overtime 24 seven. That is true. <laughs> uh, no. Um, where where do we start personal stories wise? What well, did, where where did you grow up? Conception. I so I was born in London and I lived there for three and a half years before I came here. Uh, when I moved to Dallas, so mm-hmm. I grew up in Dallas. I, I Dallas, in, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I lived in this <laughs> suburb called Plano, which is I simultaneously call it the nicest and the most boring place on earth. I've been to Plano actually. It's the nicest why? and the most boring place. Yeah, why? <laughs> For a show? Wendy is from Plano. Wendy, Wendy my dog. <laughs> yeah. Aww. We went to Plano to I get like Wendy. I share a kinship with your dog now. That's right. <laughs> it was, uh, I was only there for, we were only there for a little while and it was um, very like tracked homes, mm-hmm. but surrounded by also like super nice estates it seemed it's, like. I feel like it's split into quadrants where like things in one section are very nice then as soon as you cross a line it's like oh there are no more schools and it's all land. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't bad. It, funny enough and I didn't know this while I was growing up there the thing that we're known for is having a heroin scare in the 2000s. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there was like a huge heroin problem in uh, amongst the high schools of Plano. Not that that's relevant to me at all but <laughs> it was there. Um, and then I went to school in Austin. Kevin and I actually went to the same school, but we didn't know each other. Oh, well, I didn't there. realize that. It's a teeny tiny school called University of Texas in Austin. And it's weird <laughs> that we didn't cross paths. It's a small 40,000 well, students. school. You were two years after, or three years. I, years. when did you graduate? I was class of, well, I graduated December 09. Okay. Then I wasn't even in, I was still in high school when you graduated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Weird to think mm-hmm. about. Right. I feel like two ships passing the night. Yeah. But in uh, different cities. <laughs> right. And a year apart. Yeah. But <laughs> otherwise, it, two ships passing in the night. <laughs> but uh, I went to school there for film, and then I came out here for an internship program, and I worked with Ben Stiller's production company for oh, like six months. Red Hour, right? Yeah, Red Hour. Uh, great company, lovely people. But uh, I stayed out here when I finished that, just because I was like, if I gotta, if I gotta make it, I gotta make it in the city. So. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what. The, that's the motto. Yeah, I've when heard you that cross before. state lines, it's right there on the. <laughs> I think you realize what you were saying just then in I, the middle. I I have I went to we went to New York recently and I made a stupid joke where I repeatedly said for everything if you can make it here you can make it anywhere, just like <laughs> every beating, Instagram caption, literally beating yeah. the joke into the ground uh-huh. until it was like we get it. And so I started just saying that now and I was like, oh, and, uh, how do I get away from that? I got to make it in the city. Um, but I that's exactly what it was. Though I realized if I wanted to make it in the film industry, I had to stay in L.A. So I moved out here, and a few months after that, I st- I feel like I'm listening to a resume now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make this part. Demi just whipped out his CV, right, and is passing it to. <laughs> For Allison. exactly two weeks, I worked at a studio movie grill. No, um, that is true. <laughs> no, this is interesting though. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep going. I'm, okay, sorry. Uh, so then I worked at this animation studio called Fox ADHD, and I was just the office manager over there. I was uh, really lucky to get that job, but I love that place. It's so colorful and vibrant. And it was really cool because I wasn't expecting to have a job where I liked the stuff we worked on. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Was that something that film school prepared you for? This I- yes? yes. You're nodding. So this idea that you're going to have to ha- take a bunch of jobs you don't like? Or at least that you're going to have to hustle to get anywhere. Right. And I... I feel like I'm super fortunate in that I hustled for very little and then my first real job was really something that I was like, I'm not upset with this. Uh, It was being an office manager and even though it wasn't creative, I was still around all these creative people and I was like in – I felt like I was actually in the industry and Mm -hmm. it was really cool and I worked with people I love and I I worked at a place I love. And then – a friend of mine who I had worked for at Red Hour, she was one of the assistants while I was an intern, who reached out to me because she knew about my Twitter and my Vine stuff. And she was like, hey, would uh, Funny or Die is putting together a team, a digital team for one of their TV shows. Is this something you'd be interested in doing? And I was like, I guess. Sure, that sounds cool. And I went in for an interview a week later and they were like, we really like you. We'd like you to start. And now I work on At Midnight. which And that's sh- what that job was? Yes. I, I feel like I just revealed it like, and the show was At mid- No, but yeah, <laughs> Funny or Die was the thank you for golf clapping. That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that you do Vine stuff. I do. Uh, He's a Vine superstar. Oh, brother. What's weird is I followed him on Vine before we met and Twitter. That and, is very weird. Isn't it? No, actually, actually, I remember now we met at, so the first time Kevin and I met was at a Doug Loves Movies taping in LA. We didn't oh. meet there. We just heard each other in the crowd. We oh. met at the crash test bus. What happened was uh, Gillian Jacobs drew Mike, like, so I feel like I, I feel like there's so much backstory that I'm having. In my head, I'm just like, I'm talking a lot. Stop, Demi. But um, it's a podcast. Yeah. So uh, for Douglas movies, they do this thing where they draw name tags. All right. the guests uh, pull name tags. And Jill- uh, Gillian Jacobs drew mine, and it was just me holding up my credit card. And I think she drew mine because we had met before uh, at a Vine thing. And she was like, I got this card of this guy. Kevin's pulling out his phone. I'm wondering what. It- oh, no. I'm oh. just playing with it. <laughs> I'll explain why yeah. I thought that was weird in a second. Um, But so Gillian Jacobs pulled out this uh. She was like, yeah, I know this guy, actually. His name on the web is Electro Lemon. And then Kevin wooed. I just went, woo, because yeah. I knew that was. And I, I was, like, shocked. I was like, why does someone, why did someone woo for that? And then <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins, who was doing an impression of uh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh, said, Electro Lemon. And I thought Kevin was going to play that from his nope. phone just now, which is why I was like, oh, you're getting ready. Because it's a recurring soundbite on our show. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the first time we did. I think we did meet after that. No, not at the show. Okay, no, we met at the bus. So I don't even know where we met. Mm -hmm. Ah, classic meet cute with details gone hazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was November two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Do you have a? How many Vine followers do you have? Uh, A million. No. How many is it actually? It's like one hundred eighty thousand. That's a ton. It's a lot. How frequently do you Vine? I haven't. I recently made like two vines for a friend's birthday, but I haven't made a vine other than that in like a month. Mm-hmm. I used to do it a lot, but it got to the point where I feel like the community, I want to say outgrew me because that sounds respectable, but it really just moved in a way. And I was like, oh, I don't think I really like vine as much as I used to. So How come? It, it started becoming a thing where everyone was like, they, there was like a joke of the week that people would do and they would latch onto that and it'd be like, if you're not making this joke, you're getting left behind. And I just felt like I don't want to do this. <laughs> Exactly. 
and it's like uh i i was like i don't really want to do this joke and if i feel like if i do my own jokes then i'm wasting my time and it became a kind of thing where everyone was like this isn't a hobby this is a lifestyle and i was like no i want it to be a hobby so i just started slowing down and it got to the point where my slowing down was just a full stop and it seems like a lot of the viners are they called viners they do call themselves viners viners the ones who are like the bigger ones are getting money for product placement. Mm-hmm, Were you yeah. doing that? Uh, I had done it twice. Uh, I got lucky and Coca-Cola reached out to me after seeing a few of my phones. Wow. Yeah, I know. It, I was also like, this is stupid. This is crazy. But uh, I loved it. Uh, they did a campaign that ran during like an American Idol where they were like, hey, make five vines and we'll put, edit them all together in this thing. And I was like, that's really cool. And then... Like making a 30 second Exactly. Thing. Uh, and then it was nothing. And then like Fanta did the same thing and then it was nothing. And it's really just been those two, but like other people, I think they like people who post consistently rather than just posting every so often. So a lot of people get more offers than I do, but, uh, it's always really cool when it happens. Yeah. Is that good money? It is good money. Yeah. Isn't Uh, that funny? Cause it's, you don't think about it. Right. Most people don't think about it twice. There's a, uh, it's the Hollywood reporter digital issue um that came out i don't it will have come out oh it the hr digish yeah <laughs> Digish. yeah yeah we, we are all i was just reading that and Brittany furlon who's a viner was talking about when benefit reached out to her and i think like actually maybe it wasn't her so i've somewhere i read thirty five thousand or something for a product placement oh yeah and that's like there are millionaires from vine and it's insane to think that these millionaires might be like children but they are <laughs> and they are and because the medium is so dominated by teenagers yeah. yeah but it's That's like crazy. teens and preteens yeah that like which is why it it's still i guess democratic but like oddly weirdly sexist and racist stuff is very popular mm-hmm. on vine like what do you mean like uh i mean black There's, people be like, right. like oh, that yeah. as a, as a or thing. women or bitches be like or exactly be like yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's that kind of a thing a lot too that made me move away it was also just realizing that like if i'm making a vine and i'm doing it for myself then that's fine and i like doing that but as soon as i start to do it in a way that it's like you gotta get more followers then it's like i gotta change my ways to be like either sexist or racist or to market myself to teenagers. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. I want to do jokes that maybe teenagers won't get and maybe they won't care for. And that's fine. Right. But I just kind of slowed down. That's interesting. It's weird. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, and I've lost my train of thought. Okay. So, and Curtis Lepore, let's talk. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. And so what do you do for at midnight now? Uh, for at midnight, I essentially make vines for them. And I also, <laughs> I know, right? You can't escape. I, it's the labyrinth. Um, no. So I originally started there making vines, but now I, well, I started working with a team. It was four of us and we just make videos in general. Uh, we have a guy that works on animation primarily. I'm the guy that works on vine. And then we have two people who are like a production writing team, but that's also sort of mesh together and we all do everything now so i edit video i do audio mixes i do uh vines i do writing sometimes that's uh, cool so how really closely fun. do you work with all the people that i would know over there like, are you guys in the same office um no no uh, our office is really just us in like a basement and everyone else has windows <laughs> you told me you and chris hardwick share an office oh 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 uh <laughs> no i like uh, the idea that he would have to share an office with, right like, it's like oh you got a new guy. digital vine guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I'm just secretly finding him all day, and he's like, please. Oh, what are you doing, Demi? (laughs) (laughs) Why does your impression of Chris Hardwick always sound like he's free-falling into a studio? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) 
Because he is. Right. Because he's got so many jobs. Exactly. He has to parachute to each one. Have you had Chris on yet? Yes. Okay. I had him on uh, like a month ago or so. Okay. That was the first episode I ever listened to. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And the last. (laughs) I know. the only. (laughs) No. um, Did you know that he never takes his socks off, not even during sex? No, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Uh, And I still didn't know that. That means you didn't listen to the whole episode. I didn't. great. But it's not. No. That was not because I didn't like it or anything. It's because I I barely even get through our episodes. I'm really... now it sounds like I hate well, all now podcasts. Now I feel better. No, I'm. <laughs> it's okay. I only can listen to I podcasts. Still like you. And, thank you. I can only listen to podcasts in like certain situations. Like it's like I have to be driving or not about to do something. You've got else. a Vine attention span. I get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I listen to six second clips at a time. Six second podcaster bus. <laughs> it takes me three days to listen to your theme song. No. Um. But yeah. I totally get it. Um. And Ke- <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> Kevin, what's your backstory? My well, I mean, I was a little boy, and I and I'm a I'm a grown up adult now for the most part. But I also I was actually born in Oklahoma, not London. But then I moved to Texas when I was five uh, to a place called Kingwood, which is a little bit north of Houston. So I grew up in the suburbs, very hot, very humid. And then went to UT. I was involved in, I was homeschooled actually growing up. You were? I was until like junior what year. What was that like and why? It was, well, it was, people always say like, oh, you know, 9 11 is like the defining moment of our generation. And my memory of it is being asleep and waking up at noon to like the radio and like, oh, I felt like it was world. I mean, I guess it was like World War Three, but, but I, I, you know, I slept in often during weekdays. I don't remember doing that much. I went, to, I went to, public school for fourth grade mm-hmm. and i was like this is stupid so then i skipped two grades after that and then did that homeschooled and then i was like oh i want to hang out with people again my parents were never weird about it like it was always a choice like oh if you want to go to public school you can and so i did that for junior and senior year of high school and i did i got really involved in theater in high school so we did uh in in texas it was a competitive one act sort of thing mm-hmm. uh not quite like football, like in Friday Night Lights, but you would like travel around and do like these little competitions and you'd have zone, area and region. And, and there was like strict time limits and you could only use a set like this and this. And it was really fun. Like that was a really fun uh, thing. And I'm still friends with a lot of those people. A lot of them I actually got to see in New York City when we were there last week. Um, so I did that in high school. And then I went to school also at UT for film. Although I did the theater school for like a semester because I initially did not get in to the uh to the film program these are not important important details at all i'm hanging on every (laughs) single word oh that's so nice (laughs) but then so i i did ut but the weird thing about that is like i did a year of community college before i went to ut so i was only at the ut campus for like four semesters so i feel like because then for the last semester i came out here through a program that demi did as well called ut in la where you come out and do like internships and stuff so for my time at UT, I kind of feel like I didn't get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like as connected. Like, for example, I lived by the stadium and I never went to a single football game at UT. Like, not at, like, some rinky-dink right. college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was at longer. So stuff like that was really stupid. And I feel like I didn't take advantage of it. Uh, like, for instance, I wasn't of legal drinking age before I graduated. I graduated when I was 20. So I wasn't even there, like, going down 6th Street or anything like that. Um, I was the same way. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And so, um, so came out here, did some internships. I actually interned at a place called Shoe Money Productions, which is Tommy Schlamy's production company, a man who has the best name in show business. He was Aaron Sorkin's like directing partner on West Wing and Sports Night. He's done like a billion pilots. And by the way, he strikes sweet deals where if he directs one pilot, he gets residuals on every single episode of the show. Wow. Which is crazy. So he did the pilot for Parenthood. And oh. when they initially shot it, it was with Maura Tierney in Lauren Graham's role. But then Maura Tierney got breast cancer and she had to drop out. So then they recast it with Lauren Graham. And I remember going on set during that time and hanging out. And, and Lauren Graham was there and Mae Whitman. And they were because they had to reshoot all of those mm-hmm. scenes that Maura Tierney was originally in. So that was my first brush with the with the cast, I guess, was during that time. <laughs> and what a brush it was. Um, and then after that, I actually worked as an assistant to a composer for a couple of years. Uh, a guy named Bear McCreary, who's super talented, and and I still do a little bit of work for him. And, and he's a good friend to this day. He did like the theme song to The Walking Dead, and he does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like super, super talented, does like really gorgeous stuff. And uh, so I did that. And then I've just worked in editing and different post-production stuff for the last few years, all the while like developing a growing interest in comedy and, and kind of being on the outskirts of it a little bit, like being interested in the community without being particularly involved in like UCB or IO stuff. And then over the last few years, I've kind of like circled in on it essentially like done more photography for like comedy shows and things like that and to the point where i've been on the outskirts long enough that everyone i have kind of acquaintance ships if they're called that with with a lot of people that we ended up bringing onto the show Mm -hmm. and by the time we did it wasn't as weird as a cold call because i'd known them for like two i'm that guy that you see hanging out and you yeah, I'm the one waiting does. for you, but by your car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. Uh, so that was very helpful for like, uh, for reaching out and like booking guests. Like Paul Shear was one right. of those guys who may have done it anyway, but I just felt so much more comfortable doing that after knowing him for like two or three years. So, so that was very helpful. So I still work, you know, during the daytime as basically a freelance editor. Um, On TV shows? On t- uh, not really on TV shows as much as like uh, web promotion, like also still for Bear and then for just other different clients. Web promotion, like like little documentaries, like Bear will do these video blogs for his for all of his TV shows. Like, oh, this is how we made the music for this episode. And oh, then, I see. And then we'll do a breakdown of that. Almost and like show little the documentary, doc- exactly. Type yeah, stuff. So anytime I shoot for him, like I go either like warner brothers or the bridge and it's literally like the best string players in the world and all these amazing horn players and like oh yeah he played the trumpet on jaws and she did the cello line on schindler's list or whatever it is you know and and so it's so cool to be in that environment and and creative stuff but really doing the podcast has been a, a really sudden left turn like not totally sudden because i don't have like whiplash from it mm-hmm. in terms of like this i don't know what i'm doing but but definitely career-wise, it's been a bit of a left turn because I haven't really worked in comedy stuff really until this show to the point. Like, I, I haven't had as much of a track on Demi doing like ADHD and At Midnight and working closer to those things that we're doing on the show now. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's been really cool because of that. Now, let's go back to the homeschooling. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need more information on okay. this. Do you have siblings? I have an older brother and an older sister. Were they homeschooled too? They were up, up until a certain point. They they both chose at different points to go to public school as well. My mm-hmm. sister chose middle school and my brother chose high school. 
Did you grow up religious? Yeah, I did. So, I mean, in Texas, it was weird if you weren't religious. Mm. I, what was your experience with that, Demi? Did you grow up religious? I grew up religious in... it. My religion growing up was a weird thing where it's like it was never ingrained. It was like never an integral part of like everything I did. But every so often we'd hit a thing where it's like this is what we are very religious about. And my parents were like African religious as well. So it's Christianity, but it's very specific spiritual christianity with like i don't want to say rituals but things where it's like uh, i want you to bathe in this praying water Stuff really like yes wow yeah what that, is praying water it's just uh water that my mom would like pray to and like bless <laughs> wow no, sorry i don't mean to laugh no 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 i it's pretty ridiculous uh it from an outside standpoint uh it's important to my mom's of course i do it but uh it's this thing of i i I almost don't know how to explain it. It's like basically as she's praying, she will like get some water anointed or something Mm -hmm. and just be like, here, when you take a shower, uh, also use this water. But then it's like other things you'd think would be important. She's just kind of like, ah, whatever about. Mm. And I There's actually nothing more silly about that than any other, anything in religion. I feel like I should not have giggled. No, I I did. Yeah, we're bad people. No, I I really don't think you are. I don't think you are. Wait, did she pray to the water or over? I the think water? where the humor is. Yeah, I think that might have been like, oh, water. Um, no, she <laughs> she wouldn't pray to the water. I, th- what was the other the way you phrased it was better. to or over? How over. Did you, yeah. Yes. It was over. Yeah, it was over. Okay, Sorry, cool, cool. she would pray over the water. Yeah. I was also raised in an African religion as well. <laughs> Kevin and I are brothers. Interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah, that's what people Both don't know the about word. the show. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed, but it makes sense. Right? Checks out. Uh, but mine was more of a traditional religious upbringing. Actually, I mean, it, it always seemed a little bit like different family members are invested different amounts. Mm-hmm. Like my sister doesn't really care. My brother cares. My dad could go either way, I feel like. My mom's invested. But my brother and my mom are definitely invested. And what in, are you? In Christianity. What, what am I? Yeah. Like what I, level of vesting? What level of vesting? <laughs> well, what's weird is also in between all this time I uh, of like working this job and editing and blah, blah blah i also worked at a church oh in la for about two years or like a year and a half i don't even remember now um doing what doing uh tech stuff so running all the tech for the sunday services there was three services uh and making sure like you know sound and video and lights and everything was working and uh like running all the volunteer staff of that um so you know i've had investment and really Coming out to LA was the first time I like. I, actually, coming out to LA was probably the time I was most invested in it initially. Because growing up, like churches are so weird in Texas, it's actually harder to find a, an authentic church that actually like is into what they're saying and practicing what they preach in the Bible Belt. I would say in other places like that you wouldn't think of as specifically church, like LA or Seattle or places you would think of traditionally as being like more godless or it's whatever. Easier to find one in. Those I would places, say it's easier think? to find it, yeah, in these places than it isn't because they're like they're on every corner in Texas. You know what I mean? So there's like less quality control in a mm-hmm. weird way. I don't know, but like, is it like they're into the church industry? would you say or is it just there's so many of them that it's i've never thought of it as an industry but i mean i think there's so many that the quality is diluted mm-hmm. in a weird way whereas in hollywood there's really only i mean there's plenty but there's only a few big ones so right. they have to it's it's weird to talk about but like it, it's hard for them i think it's easier for them to be uh more hard and fast about what they're saying because they're not desperate for like 
congregants in a weird way. Oh, that, that's interesting. Whereas in Texas, I feel like there's more of a competition. Like, let's raise the congregation numbers for this, and let's do a fundraising thing for this. And but so, what and what do they do to compete? Uh pander. It's a lot of pandering. I remember going to a, a sermon in Texas where they played "Everyone Loves Raymond" clips at the top <laughs> of the sermon. That- I was like, this is. I- Listen, <laughs> I'm open to all sorts of stuff. I, I'm not seeing the relevance of, <laughs> of this in particular. I think YouTube ruined churches because they did that a lot. Not playing uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, but they would do like parody stuff, like Gangnam Style videos set God. to like... I, it, it was just like, I think YouTube ruined churches. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be far off. No. No. So is it like you feel like there should be something more traditionally sacred about it? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh... What, what what else should I say? Keep going. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bring back crucifixions, uh, stoning. Or you just... Scientology is real. Right. Or I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because I also have that same reaction to like, everybody loves Raymond. What's that doing in there? Right. But there, I could see people being totally okay with that. But mm-hmm. I would imagine if you weren't okay with that, that would be because you feel like it should be more traditional and like there are just certain things that don't need pop culture mixed in. Well, I don't even know if it's like, there must only be organ music. It must only be the King James version of the Bible or whatever. As much as it is like, what are you going after? Because I think a lot of those things, if it's not helpful and if it's just frills and if it's just for entertainment, right, I'm not I interested. See. I can go be entertained much better somewhere else, you know? I see what you're saying. And so those things like the clips and like the weird, I remember I went to a service one time in LA where like the, the, the worship music, quote unquote, was like, reggae but not in a way that was like helpful Mm. you know what i mean because it's like oh that's probably legit but it just seemed so much more of a performance yeah (laughs) jesus like a gimmicky yeah yeah like yeah it just seemed like too yeah like too pandering or just like and in some churches some churches actually do that especially in hollywood like there's an uh there's some churches i definitely emphasize like you're all here to be artists and actors and writers and god is an artist so we can all be artists and blah, 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 blah. yeah yes <laughs> well there was one it was that same church actually i won't say the name but like there was a dude what over does it rhyme with uh brohaic <laughs> i don't even know that's fine um but there was a dude over to the left painting something the whole time the dude was preaching a sermon (laughs) which half of it was out of his own book rather than the bible so like it was all muddled and weird so pandering can take all different shapes and sizes whether it's raymond and bible belt or dude painting and then dude preaching out of his own book but like yeah just like that sort of stuff i my question is always like what are you trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and how are you how are you not just a shitty version of what you know something better like a tv show or movie like if that's your goal then call it something else you know like joel osteen i have a big problem with even though i did intern there for a little bit Mm -hmm. do you know joel osteen i I don't know him personally i know of him (laughs) you guys aren't buddies you haven't invited him on the show yet (laughs) he has not i i haven't even tweeted at him. how strange because he'd definitely respond (laughs) uh but yeah like he uh i think it's the biggest church in the country like lakewood church in houston it was uh it's an arena where the houston rockets used to play and then they bought it and then the mayor gave him a big discount which i actually had a problem with but not like i raised in at a town meeting or something but uh but yeah like he's more of a tony robbins guy Mm -hmm. so it's not really like oh here's like the ethics or like 
the actual teaching of scripture or blah, 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 agree or disagree. But it's basically like, you can do it. You're a champion, man. Go for it. And it's like, that's fine. It's motivational, then, right? Yeah, just go do a TED Talk. Don't don't <laughs> dress up like you're, you know. A preacher, right? Yeah, like you're Billy Graham or C.S. Lewis or someone. You Putting know? him in an arena makes me think he's like shooting Bibles out of a T-shirt <laughs> or something. I mean, they might as well. I, yeah, that's a whole weird setup. I also, <laughs> have you seen the movie Saved? Yeah. I imagine with like, Mandy Moore. Yeah. And, yeah. All the churches you described, I just imagine someone skateboarding on a stage and be like, who's ready to rock for the Lord? <laughs> there was one church in, uh, in Houston that was like that fellowship of the woodlands where like, they literally have like motocross, like motorcycle guys doing jumps <laughs> on stage and like, whoa, like, I'm converting to life is a circus. And then they bring an elephant out. <laughs> and like, it was like, no, that's great. This I'm is in not helpful. <laughs> I'd go to church every day. If it was I wasn't. Like that. <laughs> so, so did growing up religious relate to being homeschooled though? It did. Yeah. Because it was easier to, I mean, I guess it was easier to control what the kids take in if right. they're home, you know? What was the, so then to go back to my question, I started mm-hmm. to ask, <clears throat> what was your adjustment like when you went to public school? Cause I would imagine that would be, if you've always been homeschooled and all of a sudden you're in public school, that's right. crazy. Well, it wasn't that weird because we were always around kids. We were always around other kids because they're, <laughs> There would be these things like homeschool co-op events where we'd like, it would be like the homeschool plays or the homeschool basketball team. And and so it was never like an isolated existence. Mm -hmm. It essentially turned into like Christian private school, but just kind of spread out all over Houston in different parts. So it was never, yeah, it wasn't like we got thrown into a closet. There was a math book, a flashlight and a pencil and we figured it out. But it was always like very <laughs> a very social experience for the I, most part. I feel like getting thrown into a closet with a math book, a pencil and a flashlight would be something people in New York would pay for that experience. <laughs> It'd be like Watson Adventures. Yeah, that's it's actually an, that's an exhibit, exhibit that uh, Tilda Swinton's doing right now. <laughs> or she's trying to get out of a closet. Yeah. How do we know it's Tilda Swinton? It's oh, not glass. You're right, dude. Oh, we paid so much. (laughs) Let's take some questions that people sent in over Twitter, and we have a song. It's the Topic, Topic Sombrero. We asked for topics, and you sent them in. Uh, It's the Topic, (laughs) Topic Sombrero. The Topic Topic, and let's begin. It's the a minor key change at the end. I like it. Intrigue. It's time for the topic deck. Kevin, are you a musician? Uh, barely, but yes. Okay. That didn't come in over Twitter. I was just asking because you recognized a key change. What mm-hmm. do you play? Uh, well, my favorite is like ukulele and piano because I feel like ukulele is super easy to pick up and, and piano I understand because it's so linear with mm-hmm. like chords and keys and stuff. So those are my two favorite. And- I play I play billions of instruments though. Those are just two of them. Do you play banjo? I I have a banjo ukulele. That oh, really that's awesome! I've, that's mm-hmm. like always been the one instrument where I'm like, if I could really just pick up anything right now, well, I would want to play banjo. I think like banjo exactly. Um, I think banjo is cool too because I think uh, natively it's all in the same key. Mm-hmm. So if you just rhythmically pick at it, it sounds like something. I you like know, that kind of about it. Down. Mm-hmm. Anthony Smith says, and this is just a comment. Can you just tell Demi I love him? Thanks. Mm. Hey, Anthony. I love me too. <laughs> Demi didn't know what to do. I didn't. I don't know. Ella says, uh, and we sort of answered this, but what was the first podcast that y'all ever got into? Y'all. Y'all. I mean, yeah, mine was like 
This American Life, and but really for comedy stuff, probably WTF. Like okay. so many. For people. me, it was Doug Loeb's movies. Uh, I still only really listened to like four podcasts, but I was never too into podcasts, especially with like NPR stuff being the biggest of it. Because I was always, I would listen and I'd just be like, I can't, uh, I can't stay focused on this for too long. But when it's a comedy podcast and you're laughing every five minutes, it's a lot easier to deal with. Or not deal deal with as if it's like begrudging, <laughs> but it was just so much easier for me to get into while I'm driving if I'm listening to someone and I feel like I'm listening to a comedy special or something. So it was Douglas movies for me. Right. Okay. Did you just take a photo? Maybe. A surreptitious photo. Is that okay? Are you tweeting it now? No. Okay. By my Periscope. Are you on Periscope? Have you done it? I have. <laughs> I love it. I have Periscoped our shows every now and again. Is that what you're doing right now? No, He's but I to. could. Would that be okay? Or should we keep it under wraps? Um, Let me think about this. I'll keep it under wraps just to play it safe. Yeah. Uh... Don't want to give away this location too. Well, what do you think? I'm in witness relocation. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay, then I definitely won't. I don't want to um, threaten that. The co- well, you know what though? I think I would. I think I would be okay with a little bit of it. Okay. Do it for like for a couple minutes if you mm-hmm. want to do it. Yeah, that would yeah. be okay. Just make sure they know my Twitter handle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing: promote me. <laughs> that's well. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. The co-pilots say, "Hey, Allison Rosen, ask the Gilmore guys if they have any advice for a fledgling TV-based podcast like us. We want to be as awesome as them." I'd say have uh, Barack Obama on as a guest. It really helped us. That'll boost your numbers. (laughs) We had him on for episode 109, and it's by far our most popular episode Oh, yeah. Uh, Honestly, my advice would be... you're if i don't know if they're just starting or if they've been doing it for a while if you're just starting except that's going to be rocky for the first few but find those the first few episodes find those things that where the chemistry really strikes where you strike gold uh for us it was like in doing bits or like not talking over each other but almost reacting to each other in a way that it was like sometimes kevin would make a pun and i would just go oh come on and then it would go off of that for a while (laughs) and that was our dynamic so find the dynamic and what really works for you guys and maybe figure out what things you can do to make your podcast special like what bits you can do to accentuate it or what you can do to keep audiences hooked if they don't necessarily know what show you guys are talking about right i would say in general like the broad note, I agree with all that, but just in general, make the show you want to hear. Yeah. Because like, that's what's so great about the format is like, it doesn't, there's no one giving you notes. There's no billion masters you have to serve unless you're doing like advertising. Even that's like totally fine. But like, just make the show that you would want to listen to and then to consistency and make sure like, it's a consistent amount of time between each episode. So it's not like we put out an episode this week, then it was 10 days later, then 14, but like give, people something they can always count on like week after week or in our case twice a week uh because i I feel like a lot of podcasts start strong and then they kind of peter out because there's no consistency Mm -hmm. you know they don't bank up episodes for when they're out of town or like you know it just becomes an right you want to become a part of someone's life yeah and the consistency totally helps because like we have not put out less than two episodes in eight months or however long we've been doing the show and that's why because people could come to rely on it that's i feel like that's why a lot of it worked all right ariana says i'm also curious what their families think about the podcast and if any of them listen my parents definitely don't listen and i don't blame them because (laughs) 
uh, I'm sure they'd be like, oh, it's so, it's nice. But I think my parents would lose interest very easily because they don't watch Gilmore Girls and they, I don't think they've ever listened to a podcast. It's just not their taste and I don't blame them. Right. I've never asked my parents to be like, I wish you were at my soccer game or anything just because it's <laughs> like, I, I'm, I feel like my relationship with my parents is very much like, I will not ask you to come support me. I know that you do and I appreciate that just in knowing that you do. Uh, well, my parents, we did two shows in Austin, Texas a couple months ago or a month ago. I'm losing track of time, but they came out to those shows and that was their first time listening to the show. My sister came out as well and she actually listens to it pretty regularly. Um, but I think for my parents, like they want to listen to it, but they say they want to follow along with the show so they know what we're talking about. But I think also they don't like that I swear a little bit mm-hmm. on the podcast as well. So I think that's their reticence. Ariana also says... And this is in all caps. What the hell is Kevin's job? And why doesn't he ever talk about it on the show? Is he a CIA agent? Yes. (laughs) That's the short answer. (laughs) Jackie says, oh, I already asked this one. Ask Kevin about his musical talents. I really enjoyed his piano playing, taking requests recently on Periscope. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I I just set up um, at the space we record at. There's also a piano. So I was just... (laughs) playing along and it was it was fun it was really fun because i figured out how to play the theme from inside out and i was so stoked on that have you seen that yet i have yeah i just saw it it was so good although Uh i went to the bathroom at a certain point and i feel like i missed a real crucial however many minutes that Mm -hmm. was because i got back and i just was having trouble getting back into it um i just yeah there should be there probably is an app that tells you like when in a movie to go to the bathroom there There is is, yes Like when do I pee or something like that? Uh, yeah, I wish some, I had that. Pee. I really yeah. felt like I, I really felt like it was like those were minutes that mm-hmm. I, those were critical minutes oh. that I missed. So maybe I need to see it again. Yeah, you should. I I've did seen really it three like times. It, yeah. was, it when they yes. went, was it when they went? Hi, here are all the characters' names. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happened to friends of mine because like there was a there was a thing where we were in the wrong seats because other people were in the wrong seats and they missed like all of the setting up of like the islands and all the mm-hmm. characters at the beginning and then they I couldn't get that. into it. That yeah. was what I saw. No. It was when they were in Dream Studios, I think. Oh, yeah. That's not that crucial, I don't think. Maybe you just got out of it. Maybe. I mean, they talked about Riley's actually dead and she's in purgatory. And, <laughs> and that's like the framing device of the whole movie. But that's not important, yeah, no. really. Run, runp.com is the website. That's and they have an app available for Android and iPhone. Okay. I'm going to check that out. You got to get him as a sponsor. <laughs> of course, you have to you look at that before the movie or else you're that jerk who's Right, on but their then you're spoiling the movie. the movie a little bit, aren't you're you? You're right, you're right. It's I a just, catch-22. I just don't go to the bathroom during a movie. I wish I had that kind of bladder fortitude, but I don't. I'm I'm terrible to my body and it pays me back. <laughs> I, need to, I need to pee right now. Uh, okay, Jackie Uh-oh. also says, I'm wondering what their dream job is in Hollywood. Acting, writing, directing, hosting a TV show, podcast. Casting. More like Holly Weird, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I right, ladies? <laughs> anyway. So your answer is making puns. <laughs> sure. What's yours? Uh mine is writing, maybe a little bit of directing. I don't I can't I'm not a I don't like acting and I don't really like performing much because I'm not good with audiences or crowds. So <laughs> Wait, what? I'm not. Wait, you don't like performing? No, I'm not a performer. That's why I don't do stand-up. A lot of people ask me, like, do you do stand-up? I was just like, I couldn't do stand-up because I can't do something where the how well it's going is completely dependent on whether or not the crowd likes me. I'm not, I, I don't uh, like doing uh, things. Yeah, well, <laughs> which is why we do live shows. No. <laughs> well, that's why we used to do live shows. Uh, in my case, I mean, 
I've really enjoyed hosting this show, so I'd like to continue with that. I'm obsessed with the idea of like what makes a good moderator and a good host of a show. Because mm. I think it's so difficult. Like we went to a taping of Fallon, even though he gets like a lot of crap for, oh, he laughs too much. It's not funny. But he's so good about like creating safe, comfortable spaces and environments for people to like have fun and be themselves in. So I'm really obsessed with that that idea. I like to continue to keep hosting and, and performing in, in whatever the venue is. I enjoy it performing and like touring and, and all that stuff which is what makes us the yin and yang remember we <laughs> might do our facts of life podcast that's did right. we talk about we, we did. Were, did did we talk yeah. about that on air yes. yeah okay because i didn't mrs garrett impression i think oh girls girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh that right. last one was so good <laughs> thank you there was a little bit of like a ramp up to it mm-hmm. can i yeah. hear it again Girl. <clears throat> <laughs> maybe not oh, no. can i talk to mrs garrett <laughs> Girl. Oh, no, I'm losing it. Girls, girls, girls. Yes, that was so good. Okay, and then finally, Jackie. She has a lot of questions for you guys. Who, Jackie? I'd like to know why they haven't included any ads in their podcast. I hope they're making money somehow from all this work. Well, we can announce that, right? I mean, we shouldn't announce with whom or anything. But Okay, we're, yeah. we are joining a network very soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So we tell me off air. We, yeah, we will, and uh, yeah. So we'll be we'll start doing uh, those annoying ads. Just kidding, they won't be annoying because you can make them content, make them fun for people. So, and what's so funny too is how many people are like already on board, like 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 Jackie, like oh, I hope you guys get ads and you can. Start. Yeah, people want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's really cool. So I mean, up to this point, it's just a little bit of touring money from you know the shows that we do. Not at UCB because UCB doesn't pay, which I agree with overall. But um, but yeah, just a little bit of money from that, and then yeah, we will have advertisers very soon. To direct, sorry, uh, to directly answer the question though, uh, one of the reasons that it was hard for us to find advertisers for long is even though uh, we have a lot of press about us and like we have a very a fan base that's very like vocal in their love for the show, we did like it's not the numbers for the show are not as high as it would seem to publicly be. So for a long time, it was just like, oh, don't know if we can do it, mm. but. I mean, we've jumped that hurdle, so. Gotcha. It's inside baseball for you. <laughs> okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Mm. There's a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Val Perkins says, oh, so this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? Mm-hmm. And then we tell them whether it's, you know, just it's them just or not. <laughs> so Val Perkins says, whenever I use a plastic fork, I accidentally break it every time. I don't have that every time. <laughs> no, not every time. Mine but- is definitely the minority. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do it sometimes and it becomes that kind of thing where it's like a prong with just either two in the middle or two on the outside. <laughs> right. And then I'm just like, I don't know if I should get a new one or just try to scoop up whatever I'm eating with the weird mm-hmm. pitchfork. Exactly. Jeremy Vu says, always self-conscious during allergy season about how sniffly I am because I'm afraid people think I just snorted Coke. <laughs> I would just wonder who you hang out with. It's a yeah. very specific fear. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have that. I don't have that fear. And I also don't really get... Uh, like allergic attacks during allergy season. So mm. that's not me. Mm. Yeah. That's just you. Sorry, Jeremy. Is that his name? Just Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy. I do feel like 
I have noticed there's a thing though that when people are talking a lot about Coke, I will get very self conscious about like <laughs> about rubbing my nose. Mm. It's just a weird like, sudden awareness yeah. of like yeah of sniffliness. Um, okay, Kristen W says there's nothing in the world worse than a squeaky pair of shoes. I'm not sure there's nothing worse. I but can think of ten things off the top of my head. Worse they're pretty than a squeaky bad. Pair of shoes, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Well, what are the ten things? Uh, murder. Uh, two, human trafficking. Three, um, uh, 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 uh pollution. Four, um, <laughs> hacky people on Twitter that steal other people's jokes. Five, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, five people making uh, an industry uh, not based on talent but on image, i.e., Kardashians, etc. Is that uh, worse than squeaky shoes, though? I think so. Mm, I'll say debatable. Because that's a squeaky family, if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> debatable. Uh, six, someone talking over your favorite line in the movie. Uh, seven, being disappointed by a series finale of a TV show. Um, eight, getting cut off uh, in traffic. Nine, uh, you letting someone in and they don't give you a thumbs up or a wave. And then ten, anytime you disappoint your mom. Two of those are pretty similar. <laughs> to squeaky shoes? No, I'm saying to, to each, each other. other. <laughs> oh, the cutting off thing? Yeah. Right, then you do your tin, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. Racism, sexism, oh, homophobia. Racism. Oh, yeah, you, oh, you know, I guess you like racism, sexism, no, homophobia. As long as it doesn't get in the way of his squeaky oh. shoes. No. Okay, that's three. Keep going. Oh, I got to do ten? If you want. All right. Murder. I'm also going to go murder. I agree with you on that. Uh Squeaky shoes, but they're on a dog. Because you know the dog really doesn't like the shoes. Mm. Oh, so, interesting. Four squeaky little shoes, squeaky shoes. Right. Yeah. What is that, five? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Torture. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get specific about the torture. Uh, torture in Abu Ghraib. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that I think sometimes torture is necessary. I'm kidding. I'm not making that political stance here. Uh, Abu Ghraib's of wrath. Okay. Number seven. Uh, number seven. I already. Oh, I got the three in already. Um, xenophobia. Just yeah. get all the phobias Being out there. Being afraid of Lucy Lawless. Yes. Okay, number uh, eight. That's, I'll also add in xenophobia. No. Okay. Um, I got two more. Now I'm looking around the room for inspiration. <laughs> uh, being afraid of pictures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, embezzlement and sure. the fat cats on Wall Street. And honestly, disrespect. Hmm. That was close enough, right? To abandon solid. this, <laughs> those were solid. Those I gotta, I gotta really stick it to the uh, the squeaky shoes on animals one. Too true. All right, and uh, James Leroy Wilson. And by the way, Kristen W. I hope you've learned something about things worse than squeaky shoes. Yeah, yeah Kristen. James Leroy Wilson says, if I meet someone named Carl with a K, I automatically suspect a Nazi lineage. No, I don't have that one, but my husband and I were just talking about the fact that when we meet someone blonde haired, blue eyed from Argentina with a German name, (laughs) we're suspicious. How often does that happen? Enough to be like... (laughs) Enough to come More than once. Yeah. It's happened (laughs) to each of us once. Sure. Hence, it's a trend. (laughs) What are those four numbers on your chest? Oh, interesting. Hmm. That's a weird windmill bandana. Oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, I don't have the Carl with a K one, though. Do you guys? No. I only know one Carl with a K, and I don't think he has Nazi lineage. But who am I to say? There's an old saying about assuming. When you assume, you got a Nazi wrong. lineage. Yeah. 
I've heard that before. Yeah. And I never understood it. Now I do. Scott Hatherley says, whenever I walk down a flight of stairs, I find myself jogging instead of just walking at my normal pace. Yep. That's je- that's definitely, at least me also. That's me as well. Yeah. I would say. I jog a lot. Yeah. Downstairs at least. What about upstairs? Never. No. Upstairs I try to. I try to skip at least one step, sometimes two if I'm feeling really peppy. The last two places uh, that I've... So I went to New York, and then before that, I went to Universal Studios with my family. And in both of those places, I hit a point where I saw a big flight of stairs, and I was like, here's my exercise for the day. And I just decided, I'm going to jog all the way up it. And both of the times, I got up there, and I was like, this was the worst idea uh, ever. Because <laughs> the stairs at Universal are like climbing the stairs yep. of like whatever those... Montezuma, the Egyptian... Not you okay? A, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a breakdown. The Mayan ruins. That's what I should have said. It's just awful. I don't jog downstairs often because I feel like I'll eat shit. I'll gallop downstairs. I'll do the... Wow. You know, yeah. rather than... That's someone with coordination. There's that musical uh, influence coming back. Yeah, guys, I just can't help but play music at all times. It just comes out. Brianne Slamman says, when I Google a how-to thing, I don't choose the first two links, like buying something from the rear of the display shelf. I do this too. Same. But I don't know why. I, maybe it's like SEO, you're not going to make me your bitch, but maybe there's a, you know, but maybe actually I should just go for the f- first one that comes up. I, I mean, well, Google also does that thing where they put ads at the top sometimes. Right. So maybe that's just like, yeah, kind of clump it in with them. Yeah. By habit, you go through the third one, even though it's not. I don't know why I do that. Part of me, sometimes I'll Google something and I'll immediately look for the Wikipedia link as if that's the one that could give me the best information. But I think it's that same thing of being like, I know what I'm looking for. I doubt it's in the first two. Those are always misleads. I don't know. Right. I, yeah, I think, is that like a fundamental distrust of people or of the internet? Do you think that comes from? Distrust of Google. Okay. People on the internet. Yeah. People who work for the internet. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I go for the third or fourth. Fodwa Pride says, just mirror everyone, I put on sock followed by shoe on one foot, then sock followed by shoe on other foot. Hell no. No, that's weird. Yeah, I don't no, do that. Both socks at once. What if you a Arctic fire breaks style. out, then you got to walk outside with one full shoe and people are like, what did you do? Like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Have people you ever like, done this? Put socks on and then shoes on and realize you forgot to put on your pants? I did that uh, when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> that I sounded don't do super often, condescending. I feel like but if, I have before. <laughs> I feel like, like if I do that, I just go with it. You're like, whatever, it's shorts day. Let's do this. Yeah, I did <laughs> on purpose. It's a weird point of pride when Demi does it. <laughs> it is. I'm just like, it's all about me. Yeah. Let's own this. Ray Morgan says, hate when on a plane with a celeb. If it goes down, I'll be just one of the, quote, others that perished. I've never thought of it that way. I've never been on a plane with a celeb. No, that's not true. Um, who were you on a plane with? I was on a plane with Dan Castellaneta years ago, Don't. and I always think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you would have been the one of the others. You always think about that constantly. Like, I how just, often? <laughs> no, I mean, I just uh, when I think of being on a plane with a celebrity, I'm just like, oh yeah, there was that one time, mm-hmm. but I don't think otherwise. Uh, I I think about that sometimes, but I I feel like if the plane goes down, I've got bigger concerns, right? I would be relieved if my plane went down, truth be told. I'd be like, this is a story. I hope <laughs> really? we land in the Hudson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs this world? Am I right, guys? It's Moving on. So that's turn. definitely just you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. then, like, because then it would be over so quick, too. No, wouldn't. You have, like, a free-falling minute of terror. Right, but I'm saying once you hit the ground, it'd be over pretty damn quick. 
Oh, oh, so you're talking about in terms of ways to die, that's up there. Not like just generally, you're like, I want like to die in a plane. He just wants to die. That sounded like the latter to me. Yeah. No, I don't, no, I don't want to just die. Like, I don't have a death witch. I don't, I don't, a death witch. <laughs> a witch <laughs> who specializes do, yeah. in death. Right. No, I, I don't have a death wish, but I, I, if, if turbulence were to occur, I would not be like, oh shit, I could have done more. I would be like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Really? I mean, is that weird? I, yeah, I mean, I always just kind of go, if turbulence is happening, I never think, oh, here it comes. I'm usually just calm about it. But I feel like if the plane were going down, as much as I say, like, I'd probably be fine with it. I'd probably in that moment just be like trying to embrace and not being like, here we go. But like, <laughs> like a roller coaster. Exactly. Like, like sure sign of a good time. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I'd be like, I hope I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of probably where I'd be coming from. Yeah. That's a pretty pure but emotion. But not you? I don't think so. Or if not like, yes, I want the death. I would I would have mixed emotions about it. I really would. Are you looking forward to uh, the afterlife? Uh, not, but what is it is the, oh, is the question. Well, I don't know. I what just, do you believe? Have you talked about that? Can you? I can. Okay. And um, I can. And I have on Pete Holmes' podcast okay. a while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, he'll dig into it. Yeah. Yeah. He's into that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't really believe in the afterlife. I kind of feel like this so you're is, just done. I, I don't. I would be so happy if I were wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like to even have consciousness at all is such a miraculous thing that we don't even fully understand. Mm-hmm. That it makes it it sits okay with me. The idea that this is this is what you get, mm-hmm. and then. Um, then if there's something else, I don't know that it would be that your consciousness would continue into it. Like, obviously, I think that, you know, energy continues. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it described as like, we're, this is going to sound hokey, but like, you know, we're toasters and the energy like comes out of the wall. And then when you die, it like goes back into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so in a way I can get that, but but I don't think that my individual experience of of the, whatever this is would continue. I, but I would love to be wrong. But that's right. just kind of where my beliefs are. I, I feel that. In a way, I, I'm the same way in the sense that I don't think this continues, but I would like to be right about that. Part of me is like, I don't, eternal life sounds like hell to me. Mm. Just because it's like, I feel like once you hit a point where you're like, this is the end, it being the end and not just like, well, here we go forever is is nice. Well, it's we hard to even conceive of exactly of eternity. infinity. Yeah. yeah, like a flat circle. <laughs> but but I just Kevin, of I that. <laughs> but because you seem to be excited about a plane crash, okay. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's what you heard, right, Demi? Kevin <laughs> just wants a direct flight to the ground. Um, <laughs> to hell, <laughs> because you seem not afraid of it. I wondered if that is because you have a belief in an afterlife. I mean, I feel like I have had a belief in the afterlife, but now I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm just so questioning of everything. Mm. But regardless, I, I have uh, a lot of curiosity. I hope I don't go to hell if hell exists. But but regardless, like I, I do look forward to the knowledge of whatever that may be without knowing, without having certainty. Like I would, if there's a heaven... And I'm going to it rad, but whatever the case may be, <laughs> I would just like to know. I'd like to know. I don't like mystery. That's why I hated Lost. Say, I'd like to know where you got the notion. 
All right. And, <laughs> last, and lastly, from one dirtbag says, just mirror everyone, the more facial hair I have, the more respect I am given. Uh, definitely no uh, for me, mm. but a different. <laughs> my, I never grow in full facial hair. I feel like the most it gets, I'm just kind of like, oh, no, I'm shaving that. I, I mean, I never measure the amount of respect I'm giving. I feel like it's a pretty stasis zero, but uh, I, I definitely you, you don't that. wake up and say, "Where's my respect level?" At? Yeah, I do the uh, the Showtime at the Apollo respectometer when people are talking to me. But yeah, yeah. Well, when I grow up my facial hair, I look like a weird demonic leprechaun, or at least the last time I did, it was like 2011. I had a beard, and it was not good. Um, so I I haven't tested this out like this where we're at. This is like peak. For me, as far as facial hair PP, yeah. So maybe when I'm like 35, it'll be better, and I can Mm -hmm. grow something out. But for now, I'm just sticking with the with the little the cute little boy look. Yeah, my husband has a beard right now, which is unusual for him. This Mm -hmm. is a new look he's been sporting for about a year now, but still new in the in his life. And I think that he part of the reason he's considering shaving it is because he feels like he's projecting an image that's not him of being this like beard guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Beard guy. Beard guy. Like like slacker beard guy. Like That's people see pictures of him. A comment I get a lot is, Oh, you married Seth Rogan, which I don't <laughs> I don't see it, but I get what they're saying with like his whole beard head glasses that there's uh some semblance of identity in that in that image and he that's not he doesn't feel like that's him right so when he's clean shaven is it like a nine day difference in terms of how people perceive him well i think i think it might be i wouldn't think it's that different but i think the question is what do you prefer Really? That's I the like the way the beard looks, mm-hmm. but I would rather brush my face up against a clean-shaven cheek than this Same. like pile of hair. Mm-hmm. There you go. You guys, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yay, we did it. Having us. This thank was you. super really fun. fun, you guys. If you're going to buy something from Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. We have a ringtone and a single available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also, and actually, as we record this, as of just a few hours ago, the Greg Heller single, the studio version of the Al Quiz is also available, and that one is available for pay what you wish. Um, these are all available on gumroad.com, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen, gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen. We have two special bonus episodes available. Uh, those are on iTunes and they're $1.99 each. I'm going to be doing my podcast live all three days at Bumbershoot. Go to bumbershoot.com for tickets and such. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Email us, show at gmail.com. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on social media at Colonel Jeff Fox, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And um, Demi and Kevin, where should we go for you guys? And plug everything that you would like to plug and okay. tell me where to find you. Oh, okay. Uh, I am at Electrolemon on pretty much everything. Uh, you can follow me on Tumblr where I also post a lot of other stuff I've been working on uh, at demiadigiwebe.tumblr.com or electrolemon.tumblr. They both go the same place. Uh, do I have anything to plug? I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I got nothing to plug. My miserable life. Yeah, no. <laughs> 
Um, well, you can follow me at Kevin T. Porter, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And then you can uh, listen to the show, Gilmore Guys. Uh, we're still doing it. <laughs> still going at it for at least another another couple of weeks or so before we just give up all together. And uh, you can follow that at Gilmore Guys Show on Twitter and all the other uh, stuff. And GilmoreGuysShow.com for all of our tour dates and info, things like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 